Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Capital Games Podcast. Uh, this is your co-host, Sam Johnson. How's it going, Tyler? Great to be here, Sam. I'm uh, looking forward to this one. We've got some interesting things going on in the market. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. guys. Last week, I was actually out on vacation. I was up in Lake Tahoe um, the oh, whole weekend. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Beautiful, beautiful weather up there. And, um, you know, it's it's known as like a, a winter vacation spot. But during the summers, it's, it's definitely beautiful. So I enjoyed it, but glad to be back. And we've got some catching up to do, Sam. Yeah, was it popping up there? You know, um, I I didn't run into anyone who knew the podcast, so I was a bit surprised. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked by that. I thought I was going to meet some fans, but uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't happen. So, give us another month, and we'll be at that spot. You know, maybe it's because we don't show our faces. This is audio right now. True. Um, I'm sure if they would have heard me talk about like Elon Musk or something, they would have been like, "Oh my god, it's the Games guy." They would have instantly recognized your voice for sure. I think so. All right. Well, hey, let's let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. Yeah, definitely. So as always, got to do our little uh, disclosure. This is not financial advice. Um, the opinions that me and Tyler share are not the opinions of the companies that we work for. And all information that we talk about on this podcast is not uh, private material, non-public information. Um, so yeah, with that out of the way, Tyler uh let's kind of hit our our biggest headline of the week the cpi number that came out yeah markets um are up what a surprise Big time. yeah never would i have thought that we'd see an 8.5 percent um inflation print <laughs> and everyone's like freaking out one of my mm-hmm. my one of my buddies sent me a meme um you know the squid games like the the famous netflix show that came out yeah, yeah. And it's like a it's like, you know, investors, you know, when inflation hit like five percent print or something, and it's then like freaking out. And then it's like investors when it's an eight point five percent and it's like the one of the squid guys like just like with a massive smile, like ready to mm-hmm. go. And yeah. it's like that's kind of what the market's doing. And I didn't think that'd be the case. No, yeah. I saw so many memes like that on Twitter as well. Like it's 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 crazy, like you said, that. It's like, oh, okay, we only printed an 8.5, which is lower than what we printed last month. That's amazing. Like, this is great. Like, let's, like, the markets rallied and all of that, even though we are at like the highest inflation levels we've been at in years. Okay. But let me ask you this before we get, before we get too far into it, I think like your initial take is this crazy or is this based? Like, is this valid? The the inflation print, you mean? Like the, the actual mar- number? The, mar- the way the markets responded, mm. that we are in our fourth week of S&P gains. Is it crazy or is it based? So my headline reaction, we can dive into this a little bit more later, is this is a bear market rally. Um, not that I have like specifically, you know, tons of empirical data to suggest that's the case. It's just kind of my gut feeling. And obviously being 22 years old, my gut hasn't had like a ton of training in, you know, looking at patterns like this, but that's what it kind of feels like to me. What about you? So I think I I definitely like, I'm not one of the people that's like, we're out of this. We're like, and I don't know if that's what the market's saying so much. What I kind of, when I look at this and I take a little bit of a deeper dive, I almost kind of feel like the market has said, Hey, we have, we, we got, we, we 
the market went down so far because we built in expectations. And this is us saying like, like it actually, like technically it easily could have happened. I know we talked about this on a podcast. Like we were saying we wouldn't be surprised if we saw a 10% print at some point during this. Right. And like that hasn't happened. It doesn't mean that the world's, you know, not going to end. Like we're not out of this, Mm -hmm. but I think investors had, you know, like they had some expectations that like the Fed was going to have a hard time with this. And I think they still will, but this is at least a positive step in the right direction. And I think that kind of what you're seeing is investors saying, okay, you know, maybe we don't, maybe this isn't the end of the world. Stocks are down. I mean, the S and P, reached its low point on June in June at, you know, it was like 3,600 something um, from its most recent high at 4,700. And so like, and that was in December of 2021. And Mm -hmm. so like you have this massive market opportunity here to say like, maybe, and I know we were just talking about this, like maybe it continues to go up. Like we don't have Mm -hmm. another dip. Like this is the right time to buy. Um, I think the big concern here, and then I'll, I'll hand it back off to you, is that like if I, you just pull up S and P five hundred right now, um, our peak was February of twenty four of twenty twenty. We were at three thousand three hundred and eighty for S and P price, gotcha. and that was right before the big crash, mm-hmm. and that was like the peak that had been the peak, and like you look at it and you're like, we are today at four thousand two hundred and eighty. Like that is still, that is a massive, massive variance there. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's because of, of all this printed money that we got. Right. Yeah. And so that hasn't been washed out of the market yet. And that is what gives me some concern. Yeah. So I think one thing that you kind of alluded to earlier was that, you know, with the, the potential of printing a, a double digit CPI number, I think if you look closely at the CPI data, the reason that it was down was mainly due to energy. Um, energy costs have gone down over the last month or so um, due to us us being the United States, like kind of uh, pressuring OPEC and a few other like oil countries to, to increase supply. And so that to me is like, okay, one's, you know, granted energy is a large portion of CPI, but it's one fact it's it's one input into the cpi number most of the other uh factors that that go into cpi were up um and so that to me is like kind that's kind of concerning i'm not saying that like you know in the month of august if oil prices jump again that like we're going to be at 10 percent or something like that but it, it is a little interesting to look at it from that perspective. Um, obviously, like the headline number going down is, is, is a good thing. But if you like start to dig into what exactly goes into that, um, there's still a little bit of a cause for concern. Um, and uh, to your point about like the markets and where, we are, where we're at right now, I don't know. I just... I, I, I don't think we're going to get off as easy as everybody thinks. Like, obviously one thing that I think you should kind of like factor in when you look at the markets is that the, the swings are a lot bigger and a lot more violent now, just because of how much, um, like if you look at the, the algo trading, uh, funds and all of that, like the, it's just like, they make all of the moves more dramatic um, and more volatile. So 
I think that's one thing to notice is that like the peaks are going to go, they're like, you're going to run up the numbers a lot faster. And like, you know, the bleeding is going to be a lot quicker on the way down. So I think that's one thing to factor in. I think another thing is like, like you said, people were so like freaked out about this early on that the selling was like very dramatic. And I think like people are like, Oh my gosh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. All right. Like, yay! Like this is great news. And I don't think that's necessarily the approach you should take. Yeah, I think these are all these are all solid points. And I think especially about like when you look at energy's impact on, I mean, like part of the reason why inflate like why inflation was accelerated was how expensive oil became because it impacts basically everything. Um, the energy markets were insane. And so I think like one thing to think about that I just says, and I don't know, I'm not an economist and I haven't done enough research on this to give like a super based opinion. But one thought is, you know, it, oil prices are dropping um, and we are seeing some other prices increasing, but could their price be a lagging indicator? Like, let's just take a random example. Um, you're shipping, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond has got to ship over a bunch of stuff from, um, let's ship over a bunch of stuff from China. Well, that was more expensive a month ago, two months ago, um, than it maybe is today, but their inventory in shop today is based off of the price point that they paid for to, you know, to get it there. Um, and so maybe if oil prices continue to drop, could we see a little bit of a lagging indicator there and maybe some consumer prices going down? I don't know. That's just a, that's a random thought. Um, and then the other thing here is like the, I think the, like, the giant uh, underneath of this is that, you know, we've been, everyone's been talking about this, but I haven't seen in the news this week that, you know, we still have not seen what housing is going to, what housing is going to do because it's such a lagging market number on the, on the, on the inflation. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to get a little bit in the kick of the tail from that. Um, and that's gonna like in like a month or two months, three months, and that's gonna like kind of bring back some more worries. Um, but I don't know. I think like, I think it's kind of, we're just, this is such a unique time. I, I like, I, I'm in shock almost every other day. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one thing like that has been conferred with the housing market is that it's, it's definitely slowing down. Um, the, uh, so according to Forbes, this article was published, um, at the end of July, about 590,000 new single-family houses were sold last month on a seasonally adjusted annual basis, plunging 8% below the May rate of 642,000. Yeah. Um, and it also was below uh, analyst expectations for the month of July. So I think you're already kind of seeing um, certain – like you're already seeing the, the, the real estate market like cracking slightly. Yeah. Um, so like you said, it isn't, it is a lagging indicator of the rest of the market. So it would kind of make sense that, you know, we're kind of seeing the beginning of some declines in that just because, you know, a lot of this turmoil had started in what, like probably March and April of this year. Yeah. Um, so we're getting close to like a six month lag behind that. So it would start to make sense that real estate is coming into the picture as well. Yeah, so I think though we'll see. We haven't yet baked in those price increases that still have that still continue to happen. You know, March, April, May, June, and then you know like some of the correction more recently, mm-hmm. and inflation numbers. Um, you know, and this is anecdotal, but I've actually have two friends right now in California that are have been trying to sell their home. 
Um, and you know, like they, you know, they're kicking themselves because they didn't do it a year ago. Um, but both, both of them have already had to do basically like a 15% price reduction, um, from where that they originally listed it at, that would have been selling like madness six months ago. Yeah, totally. And I think that has a lot to do with the, the Fed raising rates to combat inflation, because like, if you think, if you trickle it all the way down from like this huge concept of the Federal Reserve raising the Fed funds rate. Like, what does that mean to the everyday American? It means that your borrowing costs for pretty much everything go up. So, yeah, even when, credit cards, right? Like, that's one thing that people don't understand is that, like, Fed yeah, rates exactly. impact credit cards, even. Right. And so, when you go to get a mortgage, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, suddenly I don't qualify to get as big a, as big a mortgage as I did a year ago because I don't make enough money to put down a down payment. Like there's, there's just so much that goes into what, tr- like the Fed raising rates, like to people that don't really follow markets, doesn't seem like, oh, it's not going to affect me. But then you go and try to buy a house and it's like, oh, I can actually only afford a house that, you know, is whatever, half of what I could afford a year ago based on what the, the mortgage um, lender is giving me. So it just, you know, for your friends that are selling the houses like that, definitely sucks for them but it just kind of goes to show like these things do trickle down to the everyday joe in some way shape or form yeah like it'd be a terrible time to go buy a car right i mean Mm -hmm. just awful and like i forget what it was i'm trying to remember i was looking at purchasing something maybe it was a couch or something you know normally they do like a certain period without finance you know where it's like zero interest financing um but i was talking to the sales guy and he was like i forget what i was buying some furniture item but he was like yeah basically we've we've changed our like 24 month no finance you know zero percent to 12 um Mm. and it's just more anecdotal evidence but just that like no this is there will like we're, we're gonna feel this right um so but speaking on mortgages um loan depot uh i think one of the top five five like mortgage um originators in the u.s um post a little bit of a loss this quarter. yeah it was like uh, 223 or 230 million right yeah i think it was approaching 230 million loss up from like a 90 million loss in q1 dang that's not good now, so for those of you who don't know, Loan Depot um, is an online like loan originator. Um, it was, it was, I think it was. Um, I'm trying to think of the the guys, the founder. The, he's a famous guy, billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, his last his last name is Heish or Heish. Um, but all this to say, one of their main one of their main things that they did uh, that they you know was their bread and butter was refinancing. Um, so they did purchase loans. They also did refinancing loans. Mm-hmm. And like, it's kind of a no brainer that this would go down, but like, this is goes to show you a lot of people, like this was a company that was so hot the past four years. Past yeah. What, years. what was, the, what was the peak during um, 2021? I'm the pulling up price? their stock price right now. Um, I believe in the article I read, but let me just make sure. And for those of you that don't maybe not understand what is going on, like what factors are at play here, you know, these people make money off of the spread between like if they issue a mortgage um, or, or I guess a refinancing, because that's what their bread and butter is, whatever they make a spread between like what the fed funds rate is and what they charge for, for uh, an interest rate for a loan. And so as the fed funds rate goes up, 
the spread, you know, they might make a little bit more, but the appetite for those loans goes down because it becomes more expensive. And especially when the loan is, is dealing with like everyday Americans, um, like we were just talking about with mortgages, with Tyler's, um, you know, their friends trying to sell the house. You know, if, if a year ago I could get a mortgage at like 2% interest or 3% interest and all of a sudden today, I'm seeing a lot of mortgages around like 5.8, you know, six, six or six uh, percent like stuff like that it's just like okay the price of a mortgage is basically doubled um and so for a company like loan depot that they make money off of like basically selling people mortgages um or or refinancing their mortgages the demand for their product goes down a ton therefore they lose money yada 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 yeah i mean right now on their website you know they have like no obligation calculators or whatever um and, you know they have baked in a five percent interest rate um you know i'm sure that's that's the floor but um you know like it just makes it makes such a difference like just to give you just to give everyone like a realistic example on a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar home price with a fifty thousand dollar down payment, thirty year loan term, five percent interest rate. Um, your mortgage amounts two hundred thousand. Your total cost of mortgage is three hundred and eighty six thousand. Wow. Um, so, but like, let's just take this down to like what we were seeing it at, which is like two point five, right? Like, weren't there? It was like two point five three percent at one point. Yeah. So now your total mortgage amount, the total cost of mortgage, goes down to two hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah, so it's like, what was the first number you said? Was it 360? Yeah, let me go back to it really quickly just to be sure. Um, yeah, 386. 386, yeah. So you're like, that's 100 grand difference. 100 grand difference for, and like, of course, this is on like a relatively, like, I mean, it's hard to find homes for 250,000. Yeah, right, right. Especially like in California. Yeah. Yeah, so like this is more real numbers on a $600,000 home. You know, like your total custom mortgage with a five percent rate is like a million dollars, right? I mean, like that's insane. Yeah. So, all that to say, um, it's impacting the world. And Loan Depot's had having to cut more jobs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they've already cut a lot, but they're having to cut more. I think it just what goes to the, show what was the stock price at. They're down past in the past year. They're down almost eighty percent in the past year. Wow, stock that's, is that's a lot of pain. Yeah, that's a lot of hurt for. Um, I mean, that also like think about the employees that like had stock options. I mean, like that's just pain. So, yeah, no, it it like it's it sucks to see that, but like there's a real financial like pain that comes with being an early employee at, at a place like that. Like that's gotta that's gotta hurt. There's another um, Upstart Holdings is another. Uh, they use AI as like a lending platform to like, they do a bunch of different, um, like they lend in a bunch of different areas. Their stock price at a peak on October um, 15th of $390. Wow. It's currently trading at $34. Wow. So, you know, this, it, yeah, they were like one of the pandemic darlings that like mm. everyone thought was going to be the next big thing, I guess. Mm. Um yeah, just Crazy. to show you, this is like definitely not a positive area that you want to be in in this market. Yeah. Well, good thing, Sam. You and I are just bleeding out all of our money on rent, right? Yeah, of course. Living in New York City and California. Love that for us. 
someday someday all right so next topic this is just a short we'll keep this short and fun um our one of our our favorite men in the world elon musk uh sold a little <laughs> bit of tesla stock this week couple, couple, couple few dollars i think right yeah i think it was uh you know just a small um small amount of seven billion dollars worth oh, or more money than most people will see ever that's nothing. Yeah, the I think the guy who started Loan Depot, his his um, net worth was before this week two billion, um, and Elon's just casually saying, "Yeah, you know, I've I've got a got a few worries about this whole Twitter thing. Let's go ahead and mm-hmm. sell some stock." Um, right. Yeah. What so, is your What is your whole opinion on this Twitter deal? Like, do you, first of all, like, do you think it's a good idea from like an investment perspective? And then second of all, I'd like to hear like, do you think this is actually like the Delaware courts are going to actually force this to happen. Okay. I was a fan at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think like there are some really good points about Twitter um, in that if you look over the history of the company, it's kind of a piece of shit company. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, uh, not to hijack your point, but it's not been run uh, extremely efficiently. And if you look at the, the data on uh, like revenue dollars or, or um, even earnings dollars per engineer or per employee there, they have like the lowest one across most of the big publicly traded tech companies. Yeah, they've um, got they've uh, overhired uh, massively. But anyways, go ahead. I mean, just as a, just as like a thought experiment, I just I just pulled up Twitter's like all time stock information, mm-hmm. and then like let's let's like you know. And Facebook's obviously they're now becoming massive, but like if you just go look at the difference between the two of all time, like one of them has grown and made a lot of money for a lot of people. One of them has not. And mm-hmm. I mean, Twitter IPO'd at $41 a share. We're at $44 a share right now. Yeah, that's not great. So I think like as a whole, my thought process at first was, okay, could like, this hasn't been a bad performing company. Could it be a a good performing company? One. And then two, um, is it possible to, to find new monetization ways for it? And then finally, um, is this Elon's kind of campaign on free, free speech? Like, is this a valid like idea and arena and like something he should go pursue. And my answer to all three of those was yes. Like, you know, I think it's a bad performing company. It needs to be fixed Two, there is ways to monetize it. And then three, I think it's important not to have like basically, and even though Twitter, like it's interesting, it's not like, it's not like necessarily the platform, but like it's a platform for news. And like, you know, mm-hmm. when like Fox News, CNN, like when something happens, they pull up someone else's tweet about it. Right. And yeah. so it's like this platform for news. So I think it's important. And when you have some of these things, the shadow bans and, you know, the kind of some of the issues that I've had, all that to say, I was not surprised that he pulled out. I thought the whole thing of the bots, the whole issue about like, hey, there's they're not really reporting the actual number of bots. I think that's valid. I do not think they're going to be able to force a sale. You don't think that they will? Interesting. Okay. Do you have any like a reason why that's the case? I think it's I I I was I think I was listening to a podcast. Um, like just someone to talk on like a wall street journal, one of their, like one of their weekly podcasts and just about how like, it's, it's, it's somewhat, un, it's somewhat unprecedented. Um, you know, like I think Twitter's trying to claim that like his complaints aren't be- be- valid or based enough to like 
you know, allow him to exit. I think the fact that he had to sell more stock is like kind of concerning to me, mm-hmm. but I think it makes sense. Like he didn't want to like bit like it was the worst thing for Tesla is a fire sale, like because the Twitter deal has to go through. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just don't think, I think like that could they force fees and fines and like, could he have to like pay a chunk of change maybe, but to for, I mean, to force a deal of this size is like really, really massive. Yeah, I mean, you're talking yeah. about a lot of jobs, you're talking about like a key staple. I mean, there was concern when this wall was announced that it wouldn't even make it through, like it wouldn't, the deal wouldn't even be able to get done. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think those are some of my thoughts on how are you looking at it all? So I think one thing I was listening to um, the all in podcast uh, yesterday and one of the, the hosts was mentioning how um, they are not the, the court is like made it very clear that they want to, in the words of the judge, preserve the integrity of the court. Um, which means in practice that like the, there's a, uh, the likelihood of, of the judge saying like, yes, Elon, like this deal has to go through, you have to buy it. And then something happening where that doesn't get done for whatever reason, like that would damage the integrity of the court. Um, and so it almost seems like from that statement that they might be playing it a bit on the safe side and saying like, we're just not going to make you do this because we don't want to look bad. Um, well, I mean, even thing like the financing to get this done, like, I don't even yeah, know how insane. you pull that together. I mean, like the, the, it was, I mean, I remember when like this was actually looking like it was going to happen and reading through some articles on the, how complex the financing was. And it's like, they got a huge loan from uh, Morgan Stanley and I think credit Suisse. And then they had a ton of other like, Sequoia was involved. Like they had some, they had some venture funds involved, some growth equity investors, some um, like high net worth individuals. Like it was, it was kind of an interesting group of investors. And because of that, the have you seen the list of the who's gotten subpoenaed for this? Like it's insane. It's like a yeah. who's who in finance and tech. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. I think all, everybody on the All In Pod, so Chamath, Paul Apatia, David Sachs. Jason Calacanis um, and David Freeberg. I yeah, and it's like that's all it's all BS too. Mark Andreessen, Keith Raboy, um, some people from Goldman because they were advising the deal. Um, Ken Griffin from Citadel. Like the list just goes on and on and on. Um, but it's kind of interesting. Paper, uh, Peter Thiel as well. Um, so it's kind of interesting, like the list of people who are getting subpoenaed for because this. they're like trying to figure out if there was like, if they, if like Elon, cause I know like they were thinking that like, cause David Sachs was like kind of shitting on the whole deal. Like they thought that David might be, you know, like Elon may have been giving David non-public information. Right. And, right. Yeah. I don't It's just a wild, it's like a wild use chase to like, I don't know. Well, and it's super interesting just because of the scale of it, right? Like Twitter is right. a super publicly known company and it's also a massive deal. So it definitely like makes the stakes a lot higher, which is I think part of why it's so interesting. Well, and it also, I think like it kind of like the whole thing makes a company, makes a bad company look worse, right? Like they like kind of mm-hmm. put up some of the board members kind of put up a fight, like the CEO, like I saw that Elon like offered, um, offer the CEO of Twitter, like to do a public debate. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll All see. Right. We'll, continue, we'll watch. We'll watch that story. I mean, I think. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I just find it challenging to force. Like, what was the total, the total enterprise value of that deal? Like, some crazy billion number, right? I think the the offer was like for forty four billion, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It was forty four dollars a share. Um, was the offer? I don't know what that that is on like how much the entire deal is, but it was it was steep. Yeah, I just think like, how do you how do you force that? Um. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, like part of me, like I was actually disappointed when Elon backed out, right? So Yeah. Um, but I do think like the bot issue. The deal was, the like deal was ma- forty four billion dollars. Yeah. The, I think it's like the it was such a massive yeah, I think the share price is like fifty two, right? Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. Yeah. Um, I was like such a massive, like having those bots, like that's literally like Twitter's monetization scheme is like the, you know, like, like you make your money off of like the interactions on your platform. And if like Mm -hmm. you can't accurately represent or showcase the bots and what they're like, it's just, and it is like from just an, from an anecdotal user's perspective, like of all the platforms, it has the worst bot issues. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. As we're. As we're wrapping up, um, so we've covered inflation, we've covered um, a little bit of the housing market, Loan Depot, and this Twitter deal. Tyler, with everything that's going on in the market, you know, we've having some pretty big swings um, and kind of just a lot of, a lot of it, it's, it's a lot of green and a lot of red, depending on the day. It's never like right. you know, moderate. What are you thinking about as far as, um, an investor and just kind of looking at the markets, where do you think there's opportunities? Where do you think you should be shying away from? Give me your general thoughts about all of this. Yeah. Maybe this is an exercise for us to like do, to speak on a little bit now and then to return to it. And then, you mm-hmm. know, occasionally in a couple of weeks, um, it's a great question. And I, I you know, I, I think that the one opportunity that I've seen is like, I don't think it's a surprise uh, like, I, like, so for, so for example, I read, I read an article um, about YouTube um, and how, you know, they've, they've built this kind of like their version shorts, their version of like TikTok and Instagram reels and all of that. And it's just amassing mm-hmm. so many views and YouTube has a far better monetization scheme um, than, you know, TikTok does. Uh, and then, you know, they pay their creators, things like that. And then on top of that, like now they're getting into streaming and you can like subscribe to channels, which is competing with Twitch. And I just think that there is like at the end of the day, if you look through past history of recessions, like the people that do well have cash um, because there's mm-hmm. market opportunity when people aren't spending and innovating. Um, and like, I think there's a lot of great startup opportunities, a lot of good private market opportunities, but I think that like, there are some public large beasts that we have created over this like 12 year bull run we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like those companies are really strong. Like I look at, um, I, and I, and I think they're just going to continue. Like, you know, I would still put my money today in Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft. Like, I just think that like, those are the companies that are going to continue to just outperform over and over and over again. Um, And like these little like crappy IPO companies that came out with no, you know, that weren't making revenue, like those companies may be able to make it through this and perform. But like, I think I'm just bullish right now on the big tech guys. Yeah. 
No, that makes total sense. And I think like you look at, they just have like money, maybe not money to burn, but they definitely have, you know, in startup speak, a lot more runway to experiment and do a lot more than a company that like, you know, was born three years ago and uh, has to make payroll, um, totally. you know, in a week. So I think like for me, when thinking about it, I'm going to, I guess my answer is going to focus a little bit more on public markets. Um, I read this week that during the 2000 tech bubble, um, during that, uh, that bear market, there were seven different times that the S and P 500, rallied 20% or more before the bleeding had stopped. Um, Interesting. And so, yeah. And so obviously this is a different, this is a different recession. It's not the same factors at play. You know, it's, it's definitely not the same exact scenario, but I would be shocked if this is like, okay, we're out, you know, like everything, all the pain's over. We're headed in the right direction. Right. We're out. Um, I think another thing to point out is I think Chamath Palahapatiya mentioned this on the All In pod yesterday, that anytime that we've had inflation prints that we consider too high and the Fed stepped in to try to combat that, it's never been successful until the Fed funds rate exceeded this the amount that CPI was. So in this case, the most recent CPI print is 8.5. If this rule is... Um, legit, if it's valid, that means we're going to have to raise the Fed funds rate beyond 8.5 to completely like stifle this and get us back on the right track. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I just think for me, like I was literally yesterday looking at my own personal portfolio and thinking about like, okay, I, I did a good job of like buying towards the bottom of a few different assets. Like, let me sell this, get liquid. And then in a few weeks when I think there could be a bit of a a crash, um, do the exact same thing over again and buy it. And I know timing the markets is like really hard and I wouldn't advise that for anybody, but I just, I I think it would be a little too uh, looking at the situation with rose colored glasses on to think, okay, like this rally that we've had the last two to three weeks is it like we're, we're on the way out and we're going to be okay. And there's not going to be another, you know, plunge. So um, again, none of this is financial advice, but I think that's just where my head's at and trying to look at markets with a little bit more of a sober view instead of like hoping things work out. All right. But yeah. Nice. I love well, it. I mean, I think we'll see, we'll see how the next, I mean, I think, I think the big, the big test is going to be like what happens, you know, I think you get into Q4 and like towards into Q4, it's always um, things are a lot of people are trying to wrap up the year, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So I think we'll see, but I think like the really important thing is like what's going to happen over the next two months to yeah. kind of like, um, like that will be the run that will be like what determines what, how the year finishes. So I think we're gonna have a good few months. Good podcast coming, guys. That was good. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about in the next few months for sure. Well, guys, thank you for listening to the the Capital Games podcast. Um, This is your host, Sam Johnson. Uh, Tyler? Yep, signing off. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions or comments or if you have any ideas. Thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, see you next week. Bye.